Hello and welcome to Oakland Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course always joined by my good co-host, um, Cal Reader. Cal, uh, what's happening with you? How are you doing man? I'm the same as always. Disappointed in this year episode because it's not the one I thought it was going to be. Yeah, we'll get this off the bat then. Which one did you think it was? I thought it would have been the sexy Flanders one, and then I could have ripped you for having a bigger man crush on Ned from the episode where he was dating, and you wanted to see more dong. But no, it's not that one, and I was highly disappointed. The booty does not do it for me, but um, maybe it was the snow getting confused, folks, because this episode we're reviewing is Mountain of Madness from uh, Season 8, Episode 12, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by John Schwartzwelder, with the original air date being February the 2nd, 1997, and the couch gag being the couch is all folded up, Grandpa will sleep on it, and the Simpsons fold him into the couch. Uh, as I always say, Cal, what's your uh, initial thoughts and reactions with this episode, or early memories of this? It's one I always remember, um, m- more so the, the thing what I always, I always remember is the snowman bit, which we'll get to. Um, I think it, overall it's a good episode, it's a solid despite the lack of sexy Flanders. Um, I think I might do my own spin-off podcast where I just talk about my sem- senpai Flanders a bit more. But um, no, it's, it's it's a good old classic episode. What about yourself? I've never, I never really watched it. I couldn't watch it in its original run, but even on BBC and Channel 4 runs, I only really watched it sparingly on the DVDs. But going back to it, I'm very, very happy with this. It made me chuckle loads of times. I call it a stone-cold classic or a hidden classic, if you will. And how we kick off is um, it's early morning at the nuclear power plant. Mr. Burns comes strutting in, like a swagger into work. You know, he doesn't need coffee, you know. A new day is uh, his sort of kick there. But unfortunately, that's not that true. But he gets perked up with some coffee. I will say straight off the bat, uh, Cal, Mark Kirkland, the director behind this, Usually it's um oh, who is it? Usually it's a Jim Reardon or a David Silverman who are the top directing guys and top animators. But Mark Kirkland I think does really well here just from how energized Burns as you see his fingers stretch and you know, or just a little um sassy McGregor sort of walk into the office. I really like the art direction in this. Being someone who basically lives off coffee, this is a very um realistic portrayal of somebody who's worked a nine five job like I've worked in coffee shops before and it's basically since then not changed whatsoever. Um, I very much can't <laughs> I can't work without my free coffee and there's a free coffee machine at work and when we finally started getting paid people were saying well why, why are you still drinking that crap coffee and it, it is crap coffee, coffee, it gives me heartburn but it's free coffee so who cares? Yeah, who would turn down free? At what point from wake up um, to enter and work are you one coffee down or are you uh, chaining it I so my usual breakfast is I wake up um, potentially have a banana I don't usually have a coffee at home because I don't usually have time um, I'll have a fag <laughs> as I'm walking to the bus stop um, get my bus and train and then get have another cigarette as soon as I get to work um, as I'm turning everything on all, my, all the computers all the dead people, all the local work colleagues and turn everybody on with my presence, I'll get a coffee, 
drink that usually within about 15 minutes i'll have another one um i'd be, I'd be I, well i because you get little you know like the little free coffee cups you get you know like a um like a way up from the water dispenser kind of thing you get those so the other day i was on a long shift and i wanted to see how many coffees i got and about an hour before i finished my friend whilst i was printing something off one of my work colleagues um walked in just thought it was rubbish and took it away i was just like what the fuck I, like I, you don't understand i need to know how many coffees i have and like these palpitations aren't really it was very it wasn't the happiest but usually i'm about uh, probably about four five cups before lunch <laughs> if anyone wanted to know if um cows are real life dylan moran from black books folks there you go confirmed I have like it's usually my breakfast is just a detective's like a seventies beat cop breakfast of cigarettes and coffee. Burns decides to jazz up his um morning and jazz up the employees, but he's not gonna do it with um sort of Chinese checkers or any sort of ball games. No, he's gonna give him a good old fashioned fire drill and hits the button and yeah, what ensues is just what a great way to start off the episode, just jokes, jokes, mania, jokes. Um, they think, um, who's it? It's Carl and Homer in the canteen. Oh, good, my popcorn's done. And just gets out the microwave. But no, that's not the microwave. That's the fire alarm. And then just all start running around like headless chickens. Homer grabs um, his most important photo, not of his family, but of some um, photo shoot, old-timey photos, and gives it a nice embrace and hug with a sweet little sound there. Yeah, what did you think of this um, opening segment, Cal, the first two minutes? I think it's very good. It's very realistic in what a fire lo- fire alarm um, happens because I've been obviously used to having schools and stuff like that. But it's mainly when I used to work in um, the local mall. I used to work at Cost uh, uh, Coffee, which is kind of like Starbucks for the American listeners. Um, and at a time, they were doing out all the work up. So when they were like weldering and stuff, they'd every so often set off the fire alarm. So we have to obviously evacuate, and literally, just people just lose all sense of no, normal knowledge and such like that. They'll just. I remember one time I was literally just about to make a coffee for this woman, and the fire alarm went off. Out, so you have to stop. You obviously have to switch off everything just in case, you know, it didn't set on fire. And she's going, "Can you not just finish my coffee?" I'm just like, "There's a fire alarm." And she's like, "But I need to. I need my coffee. I need to go." I was just like there's a fire alarm, like, you might die, like, you need to go, like, what the fuck, and then I remember one, like, in my office job, um, on my break, I was really, really pissed off about this, because I, I um, when I get my break, I usually go, have a, a couple of cigarettes, and I'll go in and then have my lunch, uh, which usually I bring in, and I, I was just having the cigarettes, and all of a sudden this alarm starts going off, so I'm like, alright, and the next minute people start evacuating, I'm like, but my fucking pizza's in there. Like, I don't want it microwaved. I don't want it hot. I, I, like, I want my pizza. What the fuck? What the fuck? I didn't get a long enough break. I was really annoyed. But it's very realistic as people just losing their minds and just doing ridiculous things. Mainly me. <laughs> I will say, being fairly new in an office myself, I'm very much Lenny in the situation, just making my tea or my water. I'm just like, oh, come on, come on, come on. You know, I don't care if ISIS is storming. That's another poor thing with my office. We make too many sort of heavy jokes like oh was isis stormed the building now we're finding a package outside like all right karen i didn't expect that humor from you come on see back back when i used to work in a mall it was just 
especially especially when all the terrorist attacks started happening. Not in the not in my mall, like, but um, you'd have like armed police roaming the things, especially around Christmas time, just for safety and such. And I remember once it was nothing to do with a fire alarm, but there was this guy. We used to have two bits, and so there was like a mall in the middle of the like foyer. There was like the bar and stuff where we made the coffees, and then on the side. Um, there'd be like the actual shop bit where you could go and sit inside and that's where the toilets were and this guy had left all these uh, boxes and presents like unattended all these bags unattended while smoke for a shit <laughs> and security just like no one's around it and all security is just like looking at it and like prodding it and it's like can you just check if someone's in the toilet so I went and not not in and excuse me and I went uh, like really sheepishly like hello yeah have you, have you got a load of stuff outside? Yeah, yeah, why, why, why? No, I'm coming now. It's like, I'd come quick, because, like, security's going to go fucking blow it up if you don't come quicker. And it's like, oh, sure, okay, okay, I'll be in five minutes. And come running out with a bit of toilet paper in the bottom of a shoe. Oh, no. You were only about, like, 16, 17 as well, listen. Not the Hollister. Not the Hollister, no. Homer's the first one to come out. But for a poor time, because the stopwatch burns his username and goes up to 15 minutes. And Homer, like a sociopath he becomes in later seasons, just locks everyone in. He's won. He's happy there. <laughs> yeah, I've, this is really funny, Cal, but I don't know what to think about that in the real-life ramifications. See, the thing, I'm, I'm quite ashamed to say, the whole 15 minutes, this, um, this stopwatch only goes up to 15 minutes. It took me a little bit longer than... I'd care to admit to work out what he actually meant. I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I finally got it. But yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's just funny. It's just funny, reckless Homer just going, thinking about himself. I will say a nice little touch is you see windows broken, finally everyone's out. You see one last fella just um, going down this bit of rope and he's what, like a toenail away from the floor and he just falls in the background. <laughs> That made me chuckle. That, yeah, that's a nice little hidden thing in there, if you can see it. Burns is not happy with this, so they're going for a retreat to the mountains, the Springfield Mountains, to improve on their teamwork and their yeah team-building skills. And um, I briefly talked about this with Danny in a previous episode, but a moment that made me cringe, not nearly as much as like body stuff in The Simpsons, but um, Homer and his family driving up to the range and the car skidding and hitting every single one. Now, again, this did make me belly chuckle as well, but it's just like the reality of it. And I've been a driver for six plus years now, folks, and just not even like a massive grand impact. It's just pinball with cars. Just oh, didn't got me. As a non-driver, I find it hilarious. But being that I live in basically highlands of fucking Sheffield, the littlest bit of snow where you just see people just ice skating in cars, it's ridiculous. However, with this bit where... um. <laughs> when Burns turns around and he goes, Simpson, did you bring your family? It's like, oh, I thought I, I was supposed to. I've been in that situation before where I thought it was a family, a, a family gathering. People bring the parents and whatever. Um, no, it was only it was only me and one other person. What event was it? It was the play thing we did. Oh right, okay. I can't e- I can't even imagine that. Just like. Good Lord, Peter, did you just bring your family? Uh, aye, sir, I did. My dad, like, we basically, were, uh, back, were, back when me and Tyler were in university and we were in screenwriting, we did this one bit where um, we wrote a play. And we had the first few minutes of getting 
shown. And at the end of the show, there's about 15, 20 little segments or however many there are. At the end of the show, I asked my dad, I was just like, oh, so which one was your favourite? And he goes, oh, I really like that one about the murder. I was like, oh, okay, so which one was your second favourite? And he was just like, um, oh, probably the one, the bar brawl one. I was like, okay, like, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> third favourite? And he's just like, oh, I don't know, probably the gay dad one. I was like, oh, yeah, but, but you fucking love that one. And he didn't say mine. I was like, okay, okay. He was just like... Well, I'm not going to say... 17th. Your 17th favourite, Dad, please. <laughs> You're 17th out of 15 plays. I was like, how does that even work? <laughs> you do realise the chats at the beginning and the end don't matter, don't count as plays. I was like, well, no, it's, it's just messing, isn't it? Did you bring your family, Simpson? Uh, yes, sir. I thought I was supposed to. <sighs> Imbecile. Simpson, your family will have to remain here. Oh, man. Don't worry, kids. This is a national park. We can have lots of fun. I'm afraid that's no longer true, ma'am. Budget cutbacks have forced us to eliminate anything the least bit entertaining. Well, uh, see ya. Homer was stupid enough to bring his family, but um, Marge reinforces the kids that, don't worry, we're going to have loads of fun here. This is a national park. And this is probably my second biggest highlight of this episode, Cal, is the... Uh, depression, depressing realism of the park ranger. I'm afraid we can't actually do that, Mom. Due to budget cuts, there'll be no sort of fun. Well, see ya. Just bringing that, um, you know, I don't know what it's like for other countries, but it's just very reminiscent of any sort of corporation or any sort of um, civil office just having no resources. Depressing links with the NHS here, Cal. Yeah, just a bit, unfortunately. <laughs> But they're about to set off there. We get a nice little um, physical gag of... Oh, no, wait. Uh, before I get into the gun starting off, um, they have to pick the teams. They're going in duos there. And, you know, the second-to-last team, uh, if they don't reach the cabin full of goodies and moderately-priced champagne, uh, they'll get a humorous um, Worst Worker Award, which sounds like fun to Homer. But then, you know, if you're fully last, you will be fired there. I will say um, another mini-mini thing... I appreciate this. Smithers gets out the hat with all the different names in. And he goes, all right, I'll draw your names from this hat. And Homer does a typical, like, British game. So, like, Ooh. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah Smithers appreciates that. That's sweet. Yeah. I love, uh, yeah, I like Homer's, like, innocence in this episode. Like, he brings the hat out and he goes, ooh. And the person will be fired. He's like, oh. Yeah, he's not, um, he's not, a sick fan or sociopathic. He's um he's very playful and he's very naive. We'll get to it later, but him and Burns are a great mix. As much as Burns, you could argue, is out of typical character there. I like it when Burns sort of gets a bit uh frantic and a bit more playful. Yeah. I just I just like how he's like stood as well, like he's just stood cradling in his hands and he's just I don't know. He looks really cute, like just a little innocent child. <laughs> well, well, he is like a little boy as well, because it's very much um, they're talking about Smithers saying, you know, oh, you'll be able to get, you'll be able to locate the um, cabin with your map. Uh, I don't have one. You haven't been assigned a map yet. That was very much me um, starting this job. There, it's like, okay, you've got your packs and your pens. Uh, I don't have my pen. You haven't been given one yet. Like, just find an, an excuse. I'm new. Just get all these excuses in first, Cal. So get out of jail free card. 
How do we doodly, folks? Do you enjoy Simpsons podcasts as much as this one you're listening to right here? Then go check out our friends at the 411 Folks Simpsons podcast. They review The Simpsons uh, chronologically, seasons 1 to God knows whatever season they're on now, um, with jokes, japes, accents, and a whole load of fun as well. So that's the 411 Folks at Facebook. Also, if you haven't checked our podcast out, go to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, a British Simpsons podcast, and the same on our SoundCloud as well, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. Now back to your regularly scheduled listening. But they set off, um, Burns lets the gun off, and like I was saying before, there's a great physical gag of you know him, ongoing joke being the weakest man in Springfield, that he gets actually buried in the snow, but in a very cool sort of GTA way, or more of a Saints Rose way, he just sort of guns himself up off and... They're all up, and they're all on their way to the cabin, but um, the kids are sort of bored and have got nothing to do, and Bart starts messing around with um, the Smokey the Bear sort of thing. You is me, and me is you. What are the kids going to do now? They're completely bored. Um, so they just go out and try and, you know, pass the time, and they end up finding um, Mr. Smithers, because he seems to have gotten a late start. No thanks to not being teamed up with Burns. Burns is with Homer now. Smithers, unfortunately, is on his own. Um, yeah, Carl, I know that you would have liked this. You like um, super sexy Flanders and Booty. What about uh, Burns and his bony old behind? Bony old behind. Behind, bony old behind. Yeah, um, w- one of the things we forgot to mention was um, when they're drawing everyone out and it goes Burns and Simpsons. Goes, Sir, I thought we rigged it so I'd be, we'd be together. It's like, yeah, well, you've been annoying me recently. So we always fight on holiday. Oh yes, like um, a little lover's spat. That was very cute. I did love that. But on on the Simpsons thick senpai level, Burns is definitely up there with his sexy boniness and evilness. But he's no sexy Flanders. So Smithers ends up running into the kids, and you know, he sort of has to take him along because Marge isn't around there, and they just become typical uh, annoying kids there. I could relate a lot to that. Thankfully, I don't have any sort of siblings or very young nieces and nephews, Cal, but I couldn't deal with just looking after them, even in sort of a remote location. So I could fully empathise with Smithers here. I don't know about you. Um, I come from a very big family. Um, and, and, and you know, kid, kids are great, don't get me wrong. They, they can be very funny. They can be very, um, you, you know, humorous and, and, and such. But... After a while, the whole why, why, what's this thing? Why is this doing? What's this doing? Why do you do this? It's mind numbing and murderous, if anything. It's it's just I I, I completely understand, and I think the best thing about how with this, how Bart and Lisa are wrote in this episode is they're not necessarily Bart and Lisa. They're just two annoying kids. I think it works really well. It's just like does Bart being a bit of an idiot. Is like, is it Golden's mine? I'm gonna find out. I'm doing it. And at least being a bit of a know-it-all kind of annoyance. I think it with works. the injured, sh- with the injured shrew. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my favorite line from Smith. It's like, oh, is there anything in this place that isn't injured? I just think it works really. I think the writing's really well, especially for Bart and Lisa, where it's just not, it's not necessarily just Bart Simpson. It's 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 just two annoying kids who just not helping this desperate man. Burns and Homer. Are slowly making their way but Burns um you know offers Homer you know why don't we cheat you know because why should you know athletes have all rely on their natural talent I think it's man's gift itself to cheat 
which I'm not going to lie, uh, folks, I will admit that I quite like this just as a bit of writing or even just as a sort of method of life. It's not morally correct, but then a lot of things aren't. Like, what did you think of this little speech by Burns? Is there any... Does this hit home for you, or are you very, uh, you're a very upstanding character here, Cal? You know me, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, I, I like. I, I find the easy way. If I, you know, if I think something's doable, cheatable, I'll try it that way. I remember. I swear, I didn't get a job at Nando's because the first interview we had a phone interview, and the second interview was like a team building exercise thing. It was in this pub. One of the things we had to do was we had to build a tower out of paper and stuff and could use whatever we wanted as long as it stood up straight. Um, and my tactic was to make basic, put like basic pens inside tubes of paper to make it sturdy, make it short, and then just throw things at other people's towers to make it uh, knock them down and such because they won't be as sturdy as ours. And one of the evaluators heard it and went, mm, but wouldn't it be easy to, to work harder? I was just like, I don't care. We're going to win because we're going to work this thing. Surprised I didn't get that job. But I think, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with cheating as long as, long as it's sportsman-like-ish. Hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Try to live by the Guerrero once a day. Trust me, folks. And what a shame, you know, you could have been serving fuckboys and their, like, second girlfriend. You really miss out there, Cal. Exactly. <laughs> but Homer and Burns end up uh, actually finding the cabin. They are first. They've managed to cheat with a snowmobile. And they end up getting into the cabin itself and chilling a bit. And I'll get on to my favourite segment or, hell, overall uh, character dynamic of this show. Uh, Cal, um, Cal, Lenny and Carl. They're all my MVPs for this episode. They're... I like, yeah, they're very good. I think they're very underused a lot of the time. Um, I think the funniest bit is when they first go, Lenny and Carl. And Carl goes, ah, oh, nuts. I mean, ah, oh, nuts. No <laughs> hiding that, no. It's, they're, they're just very good. I think they're very, they're very strong characters. And obviously what happens with Lenny at the end, spoilers, is very funny um, characters. I think, it, I think a lot of, the side characters are worked very well. Well, I'm um, reading up a bit of research here, as well as um, sort of dealing with, they wanted to do paranoia in an episode, which they managed to do in the third act. They also wanted to play around with different couplings and different character dynamics. And I think, um, well, with each one, even as little as, you know, Smithers and the kids are together, I think it all works really well, the interlinking character dynamics. No, I agree. I think it works very well. I think it's, when the thing Simpsons does best is the side characters and giving them all backstories and, and you know who who's who and you know how they act and such and then when you kind of go against character a little bit and you think Lenny and Carl are just best friends because they're together but maybe they just kind of hate each other it's kind of hilarious Homer and Burns like to say are chilling and they're actually bonding over, well, Homer's sort of, you know, hoping to aspire to be Burns. He's seen, like, a friendly, a softer side to Burns. Not only that, but, you know, he's really rich. Way richer than Lenny. But they managed to bond over, um, of all things, sitting, because it levels everyone, you know, from the richest man to the lowliest pauper. Who doesn't enjoy a good sit? And, um, yeah, great animation on them, just sort of slumping down. Now, that's a proper 
Wazy got nothing to do, sort of um, sit back, hasn't he, Cal? Oh, yes. I felt very comfy watching it. They even bond even more with um, Snacks. Homer gives Burns a little bit of a life hack here. Like He wants to get that bowl of dip. It's about two feet away from him. <laughs> Burns, I like the line reading on Burns. He gives it like a proper JML, QVC, um, you know. But won't that cost a lot of money? But he says, like, well, you'd have to get up for that bowl of dip. Very infamous. Like, but then Homer just starts banging the table furiously and ends up planting it in his hand. Great animation. No, I agree. I think it is very shopping channel. Kind of, but you'd have to get up for that. I think it works very well, and it's interesting that obviously the loud noises aren't the thing what make the avalanche. It is the clinks of the uh, champagne glasses. Yeah, nice little uh, diversion there from your typical loud sounds. You're right, Cal. They end end up getting a fairly big avalanche. This sort of notifies Lenny and Carl. Another key line here, like oh. Did you hear something? No. Did I hear something? I don't know. <laughs> this this sits very very at home with me when I'll be watching something like on TV uh, with my mum or something like that, and then she'll just they'll go into a new room. It's like, oh, well, where are they? I was like, I, I, I don't know. So, like, but, but what are they doing? I was like, I don't know. It's like, but why are they doing this? I I I've seen as much as you. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want me to do? Shut up. Just watch it. <laughs> hey, did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. According to the map, the cabin should be right here. Hey, maybe there is no cabin. Maybe it's one of them uh, metaphorical things. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe the cabin is the place inside each of us created by our goodwill and teamwork. Ma, they said to be sandwiches. They're trapped under a big avalanche there, so they start crawling out. Well, Homer does. He's very much the sort of slave driver here, and Burns even admits, you know, he is useless in this situation, but Homer does sort of give him a leg up, saying, you can supervise me, because that's all he's really good at directing. <laughs> and it and it does work for what he says, and Burns even sort of calls him a friend. It's not even an associate. He gets a little upgrade there and they see light they crawl through and it looks like they've um they look like they've done it but you know a nice high celebrity celebratory high five and an even heavier avalanche comes and i don't know about you cal but i immediately thought of um sonic the way they a- animate the way uh coming back down yeah definitely with Hermit tucking his knees in and rolling it's very sonic-esque that's how we go to the um that's how we end the second act there. They're completely snowed in now. And we're back to Lenny and Carl. And they end up finding a sort of cavern. But it turns out it's just a sort of um, command post there. They find where the cabin is. but and, and then they kind of go, oh, well, maybe the prize was one of those. It's been inside this entire time. They go, yeah. They said there were sandwiches. In the meantime, Marge is starting to get worried about the kids further and further. So the... Depressingly realistic um, park ranger gets her on the ski lift there. And yeah, it's just bad to write negative characters, but like it's really hard to write um, boring characters. Like they've talked about struggling with um, Principal Skinner lines because he, I think he's perfect as like a boring sitcom character that works well. I put um, this park ranger as much the same, just him saying, oh, you know, uh, the chances of actually finding them are slim to none. Oh, hi, mum. Hi, kids. We'll be back down. 
uh, no, we can only get off at the top, and uh, even then it's kind of tricky. Like, everything's just a big pitfall with this guy, and even the seat about to break, uh, do you know how to weld? And just further expresses the stereotype of Springfield is your shit town, everything is run down, nothing works. It is, it, it is basically every town. Like, we, we in Sheffield have got a ski village, or had a ski village, um, which is notorious for being burnt down. Um, it's been burnt down about, I don't, I'm not exaggerating, it's been burnt down about eight or nine times, um, to the point, the first the first couple were insurance scams, and after that it was a few kids and stuff, and then it was, they were going to build it back up and it was an insurance scam again. Um, but it's to the point where literally when it burns down, it's just like, how, how, how what, what else is there to burn? Like, Is it like the tenth one they burn down, they get a free pass or what? Probably, I don't know. A free ski. And they're trying to stave off cabin fever, so they undress and make snowmen and put the clothes on the snowmen. Um, this doesn't really work. That's supposed to last them a few hours. Burn just instantly goes to, oh, let's dress them. Oh, agreed. Yeah, let's just let's just strip off. We have literally nothing better to do. And this is where the paranoia sets in here, Cal. And I'll keep going on about the art direction from Kirkland here, but. They get further and further into madness, and it reminds me a lot of like a good eighties thriller. Just the deep dark shadows there, and just the look of insanity in Burns's eyes, and the twisted anger. It was very very good. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's showing the wildness in the hair as well. It just kind of makes him go like when they when they we should build so uh, uh, snowmen. It's like no, they were snow soldiers. They will be men. We'll give them, build them bones and everything else in between. And then um, when they strip off, and it just shows him wild and crazed eyed. I'm trapped with a madman. Look at him, staring into me, filling my mind with paranoid thoughts. Mm, look at his eyes. He's trying to hypnotize me. But not in the good Las Vegas way. <gasps> I know what he's up to. He's thinking of killing me, then riding my carcass down the mountain to safety. He's truly gone mad if he's thinking that. Well, he can't kill me if I kill him first. I'll kill you, you bloated museum of treachery. You and what army? They end up, um, oh, before we carry on with uh, Homer and Burns, a few other people have found the um, commander cabin, the commander lodge there. And, you know, Smithers and the kids end up um, end up making it there and Lisa's carrying on being on. They've chucked in uh, stuffed moose heads for warmth in the cabin fire. Mr. Smithers, a moose on fire! Yeah, great, I don't care. I've lost my job, kids. Thank you. The genuine park ranger comes in, the depressing realistic one comes in. He says, oh, what are you people doing in here? Where is Ranger McFadden? And yeah, I, it's just joke a minute, Cal. This is great Simpsons, you just see this drunk fellow, there's so, there's so so many people, get out you drunk where's Ranger McFan, I'm here sir but find the drunk, just a great bait and switch, you don't see a lot of them but when you do it's just perfect hey what is going on here who are you people, this is a lookout post, where is Ranger McFadden well, I was just happy to see so many nice people quiet you drunk, where is Ranger McFadden Right here, sir, right behind the drunk. No, I agree. I thought it was very funny. It was, it was kind of unexpected more than anything. It was very classic Simpsons, kind of 
uh, pull the rug under you. They realise there's been a lot of avalanches, but, you know, there can't be because there should be a cabin right over there. But buried behind this 100-foot deep snow is Burns and Homer's cabin, and they're having an all-out fight here. And I like how it's not... This is, I'd say, for animation cow, this is a very realistic fight. You know, it's dirty, there's a couple misses, but it's not like the grapple, it's just like miss, miss, hit heads, accidental, good choreography. It's good animation, it's fluid, it's not kind of... Uh messy or anything like that it doesn't seem like it knocks things about or anything like that but it's very good burns ends up striking the propane tank it's about to you know blow so it seems so uh they drop the charade of you know insanity when they realize they're both in trouble you know oh we're burnsy and then the cabin turns into a what homer calls a rock house it just bursts out again lovely bit of animation drawn here just bursts out from all the snow and it comes coming down the hill Meanwhile, all the people from the Commander Lodge have come out and they can see it barreling towards them. I did really enjoy the screams of peril from Homer and Burns. I'll play a little bit within <laughs> here as well. Did you see a little squirrel get run over as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's just little hints. It's the fella coming out of the office after the fire exit. It's this little squirrel. It's here and there. It's these little nuggets, cow, sprinkled in between this genius episode yeah i agree i think it's it's just it's a little bit like that and this is random bits of violence which are absolutely beautiful the rock house thankfully steers off and comes to a slow halt and uh they look like shells of them former selves do burns and homer as they briefly walk outside but burns reminds me you know there is still a competition going on but you know everyone frantically runs back in and you know lenny and carl said mvps maybe more so lenny cal um, what happens here? Uh, Lenny doesn't go in, he gets sacked. Um, the thing what I was interested about is how would the wager actually um, work out? So if both of them, if, if that, like, is it just the last person who enters the cabin or is it literally both both, both members of the team get sacked? Like, how would it work? Because obviously in this bit, it's just Lenny who gets sacked. You would think both, but yeah, they just seem to uh, par off Lenny there. Oh, damn it, Cal, don't bring logic into this. I had a... All right, I myself didn't enjoy the last episode reviewed because I was picking logic and critiquing it like hard. And so with this, well, near-perfect one, I'm willing to, uh, let that one, <laughs> willing to let that one slide. I don't know so much you. But it turns out, you know, oh, Ben's does, like, a typical teacher thing of, now, did everyone learn a lesson? Oh, yes. Wait, fine, then. No one's fine, but... I think I counted this. What is it, 18, 20 seconds from Lenny going, oh, nuts, and leaving. He's tanked, what, a bottle of Buckfast? That old dog. And he falls down the hole that um, the cabin erupted from. This uh, was my line of the show, or my moment of the show. Just Lenny, zero to drunk. And just so bitter for no reason. Well, for justified reason. Last one in the cabin is fired. You're fired, Lenny. Ah, oh, nuts. That old goat can't fire me. I'm going to give him a piece of my mu- ah! oh, nuts. Yeah, and we end with um, Burns and Homer saying, you know, once you go through that with someone, you never want to see him again. You know, have a little chuckle and then back to these piercing eyes and another chuckle and back to the piercing eyes. Again, like I said, like a end of a thriller. 
And that's how we end the episode, folks. Um, Cal, overall, what did you think of it? What was your favourite um, scene? Uh, shoot from the hip, go. I I thought it was a very strong episode. Um, I it, it's got little little bits of humour and little bits of humour here and there. Um, it, it's it's not one of my favourite ones. It's I think it's just, it's kind of classic Simpsons kind of thing. Um, however. You know, it's good. Good. You know, it's it's good humor. It's good. It's good acting. Um, good animation. But the lack of sexy Flanders brings it down, unfortunately. So, my rating would be um, a strong three point five injured chipmunks out of five. True commitment, if there ever was any. For me, um, I didn't think it was going to be as good as I remembered it, but if anything, it was even better. I mean, I just like the character duos. I really enjoyed Burns and Homer. You don't see a lot of snow episodes. It's not obviously linked to Christmas, but I like it when they're in different environments. I like seeing them in different outfits and different character models and everything. This was just... Near perfect. I don't think anything can really be perfect, but from yeah, go on. Sorry, sorry for cutting in. Um, I agree. I think it's it's the suits are really good. Like my sister always wanted like the star. Um, oh, the cute suit. Maggie one, yeah. Yeah, I always wanted one of them as well, but we never got one for for my niece or anything like that. We got her a little snow suit, but I agree. I think the whole seen them in different environments where it's not just a Christmas episode I think it works very well but I cut you off I'm leading everyone on building it up what's your rating I think it's going to have to match uh, Lemon of Troy I'm going to go 5 out of 5 depressing park rangers cow for the second time ever I'm quite happy with that okay and we're going to turn our attention to the random episode generator pull on that bad boy and see what spits out I'm not doing it okay get your animatics at the ready because we're going to season four for the front make sure you like and share our facebook page that's uncle mo's family feedback podcast and the same with our soundcloud again uncle mo's family feedback podcast take care folks come to uncle mo's for family fun it's good 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 mm, sounds good